All right, we've got him back on the phone. Ed Grady, you are in the Raiders practice facility. I kind of hope you're locked out again. That was my favorite time we called you and you couldn't get in. How did you know that? You're locked out again? No way. No. Well, we I, I arrived with uh, William Ramirez, and we were getting tested. But William? the first thing we wanted to do was drop our stuff off the media room, and it was locked. <laughs> so uh, we had to call someone to kind of open it up so we could go test. So we got tested, and now uh, much, much lighter out here in terms of uh, I don't see NFL Network or 40 TVs or any, any, any huge crowds today. It's just kind of the regular uh, jamokes. Is uh. Is anyone who's talking today? Who's what? Who who's talking to the media today? Oh well, the coordinators always talk on Thursday. Okay. So you know you get you know you get Olson and you know you get Bradley and then you get players, but they won't announce yeah. until after practice. Okay, so. all right, um, all right. I do want to ask you this because this morning, uh, the Washington football team they announced that Sean Taylor's uh, jersey is going to be retired at their game on Sunday. They're giving four days notice for retiring a jersey. Um, is this simply them trying to avoid all this negative press that's coming out around their team and their team's emails? I think that's the best thing you could do, right? Uh, get, get get some positive uh, thoughts out there. This is the first time they've announced it like they didn't. Usually that would be like before a season or a month out so people get prepared for it. No, so I, yeah. Four, this is the first days, time. Yeah, first time they've announced before, it. They're trying to they're trying to get past all the negative reaction, I would think. And just I mean, he's probably he'd probably be a guy that it would happen to anyway, but yeah, you'd usually hear about this. So here's here's my thing. Doesn't it take more than just like a couple of days to throw together a jersey retirement situation? Like I feel like I it certainly looks like they're trying to avoid all the other negative headlines and say, Hey, look at Sean Taylor. But I also feel like is this something really you can throw together in two days? Well, if I'm Sean Taylor, I want to know where the plate glass came from that my jersey's in because it might have cost three dollars and fifty cents down at the local uh, supermarket. I mean, and what about the plaque and stuff? I mean, I think when you an NFL team retires your jersey, you get a lot of stuff. I mean, is he going to get like a goodie bag or something? I mean, four days to throw this thing uh, to throw this thing together. And if I'm Sean Taylor, I'm like, wait till next year and actually publicize it. Wait till next year. <laughs> I mean, just publicize it. Maybe you'll be out of trouble by then. There won't be uh, pictures of cheerleaders floating around the internet. Who? Uh, what jersey can the Raiders retire very quickly to get some attention? Right off now? <laughs> I, well, there's there's a lot of them. I don't know which ones are retired and which ones aren't. Yeah, that's a good point. They've got enough. They've got enough Hall of Famers where if someone's not retired, they could throw him out there on. Well, maybe maybe they do it at Legion on Sunday when they're not at home just to get the the to kind of stink off the. Uh, the uh, storyline right now. The problem is they haven't been good in so long that they don't really have like a recent player Whoa. they can retire. Whoa! Whoa! Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, that'd be a fun one. Retire oh, Janikowski. Yeah. Shane Leckler. Consider him. Didn't even consider Janikowski. <laughs> they should. Uh, they should bring back um, Lane Kiffin and honor him for a weekend. <laughs> Unless, well, is he on a bye? Uh, they think they already had their buy. They, yeah, they so. might have a second buy. You don't want you don't want that to happen. You want to score seventy five points a week. He listen. He can put up seventy on Tennessee on Saturday and be in at the stadium <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty fun. sure Lane w- might already be on right, in Vegas yeah, on Sunday. He's probably just make it like a recruiting trip. Can you take? He'd be, all, to his he'd other be city? all for it. Yeah, tweet about it. It'd yeah, be great. Great. Um, all right. So I do want to talk a little bit. You wrote about what Derek Carr had to say uh, yesterday and the quote, you know, I love the man, but you hate the sin said nobody's perfect. Let's start opening up everyone's emails and oh, texts and people would start sweating 
a little bit. What did you take away the most from what Derek Carr had to say yesterday? I actually thought he was really good. I mean, it's 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 a terrible position to be in, but he has to be in it because he's a leader team and he's the quarterback. I, I thought he was good. I mean, I did think um, at one point he said, you know, because obviously he talks a lot about his Christian values. At one point he said, look, there's not a book for this. And he paused and goes, well, there is. Uh, so, you know, I mean, um, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was talking good. about Tony I, I, Robbins. I tell, you what, he, I tell you what, he stood up and, and he talked like, unlike what you, you and I talked about in the beginning of the, um, the show and the owner hasn't. So he, he made his media availability. A lot of people were wondering, cause he has to, he has to talk once a week. It's the rules of the quarterback talks once a week. So, you know, I mean, people said, well, would he wait till Thursday, which would have really made no sense. Eventually he's got to talk about it. Um, but I thought he was really good. Look, he was really close to this guy. I'm sure he still is. I mean, that, that was the whole narrative for four years. What's their relationship like? Where's the trust factor? Do they like as much each other as much as they say they do? And when you saw him yesterday, he got close to being emotional, talking about the family and what he thinks of the guy, but he was very quick to say that what's right is right is what's wrong is wrong, and I don't agree with what happened, and I'll never talk that way. My boys will never talk that way. My kids will never talk that way. So I, I actually thought he was very good. I mean, he talks a lot. There's a lot of weeks where he talks a lot, and you look back at the quote sheet, and you're like, I don't know how much I could use of this, but he said a lot of things. <laughs> but I thought yesterday when I looked back at the sheet that he said a lot of things you could use, and I, I thought he was fine. I thought he was actually pretty good. I do think the overall between Mike Mayock, Rich Passaccia, uh, Carr, and uh, Crosby and Walter, the three players that talked yesterday, I do think overall like they, they all did a pretty good job handling the situation. Yeah. Like I, I think yeah. the, the Raiders did a good job sort of putting on, at least publicly putting on the display of, you know, we're in a good spot moving forward. Like we've got good, like it looked like yesterday, they've got good leadership to handle this within that team moving forward. Now, how well can you handle this? It's not really something anybody's really dealt with before. Like even Mike Mayock kind of said it yesterday. Usually when you have an interim head coach situation, it's like week 13 and the team is out of the playoff chase. And it's like, it's a bad team already. They got, they've only played five games. They got 12 more to play, but it, it did come off. I don't know if they're going to be good. Cause they were already, even before Gruden, it already looked like they were, you know, kind of falling apart with the way they were playing, but it does feel like leadership wise. They're in a, decent spot going forward. I think you're right. I think they were all really, really good. Um, it was a hard day for them. They knew they were going to have to talk. Um, I'm with you that, that Davis should have talked by now. And I, I'm totally agree with you about Bisaccia because I do think he understands the role. He's not going to be a micromanager. He's going to just let people do their jobs, which is probably what he should do. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was a hard, it was a hard situation. I thought they answered all the questions. I thought the questions were good. I mean, you know, uh, they knew they were going to back Gruden, and, and Mayock said right away, you know, I don't want to talk about Gruden that much, but then he talked about Gruden. Like, he didn't back down from questions. He answered each question. Carr really answered each question, and, you know, I thought they were good. I, I was writing Carr stuff, so I didn't see Waller and Crosby, but I was told that they were fine as well. Um, I do think, though, today, now Olsen's going to have to answer questions because he's calling plays. I think Olsen's questions will be more about football because yeah. uh, now he's the play caller. I don't know what people will ask Bradley. You know, they just brought him in this year. Um, I, I think they're going to try to move on fast from it um, in terms of the questions and what they want to talk about because all those guys talked yesterday. It won't stop people for sure from asking today about him. Um, but I think they're hoping by the time they get to Denver, like at some point you got to move on. You got to get back to football. And that was kind of one of their themes yesterday. It's like, look, we get all this, but you know, you have a game on Sunday, and if you let this bother you the whole week, then you're going to have a you know you're going to have a situation like last week where they were just terrible right. and they lost to a Bears game. So. 
a Bears team. So today will be interesting. I, you know, look, Olsen's really close to Gruden. Gruden brought him back here. I'm sure he'll get some questions. But I want to hear Greg Olson about calling plays and, you know, now running the offense. Like, I think we've heard what they think about Gruden. Yeah. So I'm going to ask him about the offense because that's what I have to write about. And whatever he thinks about Gruden, I'm sure someone will ask him and he can talk about it. I am curious what you thought. So Paul Gutierrez is the only one that's gotten Mark Davis to say anything, and Mark Davis didn't really say much. But in that tweet that Paul Gutierrez sent out, he also mentioned the idea of, like, roster control and who has it. And what Mark Davis said was that previously, roster decisions were 51% John Gruden, 49% Mike Mayock, and now... It's 51% Mike Mayock, 49% Rich Passaccia. Okay, what what are your thoughts on the whole 51-49 split? I don't think it's that split. I think May, I think Passaccia is going to worry about coaching and, and Mayock's going to worry about the roster. Mayock even said, you know, he got a call on a player the other day. He walked in, told him who the player was, what's our relationship with him, does anyone have experience with him. I think he's going to bounce things off, guys. But he probably did that before. I mean, I'm sure if it was a defensive player, he asked uh, – Bradley, and if it was an offensive player, well, he probably just asked Gruden, not Olsen. Now they'll have to ask Olsen. So I don't believe the 51-49. I think that's what Mark just said. I think Rich Versace would much rather Mike Mayock just deal with all that stuff. He's got <laughs> enough on his plate for being a first-time head coach. I mean, you said it earlier this morning. He's going to go through things on Sunday he's never been through. So I think the last thing he's going to care about is, hey, did Mayock come up with a player? Is there someone they want to move on or sign? And let, that's how I would be if I was Rich Versace. I would just tell Mayock, you, you take care of the roster. You take care of all that. I've got to worry about coaching or putting people in position that, you know, they run the team. I am so fascinated by Mark Davis saying it's a 51-49 yeah. split. Because at the end of the day, that's a 100% to zero split. Because if, let's just say, Gruden and Mayock, if it was 51% Gruden, 49% Mayock, if they agree on a player then yeah, of course, they're going to do whatever right. they both agree on. But if they disagree on a player, then what John Gruden says is what's going to go. So at the end of the day, everything John Gruden, whoever has the 51%, yes. whatever that person says is what's going to go. So like the idea that, oh, it's 51-49, in reality, that turns out to be 100-0 in favor of the guy with the 51%. Yeah. I don't know if he just said it to make Passaccia feel good. Yeah. I don't know if, and I, and I don't know if Passaccia even cares. I've got to be honest with you. I I was with you yesterday. I thought Passaccia was very good. Uh, he said, you know, players, coaches, it's not going to be one person. I don't think he wants it to be one person. I think he probably understands he is the interim. Uh, you know, look, unless they go completely crazy and do something, no one really at this point. Ten-year contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> for thirty million dollars. Um, so I think he understands his role. I think, you know, he got emotional yesterday. He's been in the game, what what do you say, over 30 years, and this is the first time he's been a head coach. So good for him. I do think he was the right choice. But I do think it is 100% to zero on the roster. He'll, I mean, I'm sure Mayock would ask him. I don't think he'd just say, hey, you know, Johnny Jones, we just traded him. He's coming in today. I don't think that would happen. But you, I, I, I think the best thing right now is let Mayock just run the roster. Let Basachi worry about coaching and, and get his coordinators kind of running their side of the ball and see what you can do. I, I think, I don't know if Graydon, you know, I, like I said, I don't know if Davis just said that to make him feel good or this is how it's supposed to be, but I don't believe that for a second. I think Mayock's in complete control now of football operations. I kind of hope, like, they go on a crazy run and make the playoffs as, like, some 12-win team, and, and it's like, oh, the first guy to get the Raiders back in the playoffs is Rich Basaccia, and well, then you're like, yeah, you got to keep that guy, right? Yeah. I mean, if he wins 12 or 13 games and goes to the playoffs, I'd keep him too. Especially in this situation. This is not an easy situation. This is not an ideal you know, time where something happens with a head coach like this and you are thrown into 
take over, as he said yesterday, we've heard this cliche often, like, this isn't how you want to get your first head coaching job. So if he turns it around to where they're a playoff team, I, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't at least consider them. I mean, you know, they haven't won in 17 years. If he can get them to the playoffs, maybe they have something that they don't know about yet. You know, I, I mean, I think you got to give him a chance. Well, there, there's no question. You have to give him a chance. He's the, he's the head coach. But do, we, you, do you and I think that's going to happen? Probably not. No. And I don't think we think it's going to happen because of Rich Passacci or not no. going to happen because of Rich Passacci. I, don't, I think he's just kind of like trying to hold the water and make things not go crazy. So I, I think they'll have a new coach next year. And I think the fascinating part is, do they have the same GM next year? Yeah. I do like that's to me is like really interesting. Cause again, Davis isn't talking. You don't really know ultimately what he thinks about Mike Mayock. I mean, I think we, as you pointed out today, we know what he thought about John Gruden and might still think about John Gruden internally, but Mike Mayock, I never got the sense. I think Mike Mayock was a Gruden hire and Davis went along with it because Davis loves Gruden. Yeah. And does he actually like Mike Mayock enough yeah. to move ahead with that? All right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, enjoy your day at practice. Hopefully you're not yeah. locked out of any more rooms the rest of the day. No, Soto just walked by. She wanted oh, to boy. chime in. I said, not this time. No, we'll well, hold on. Wait, off. no, no. Put her on the phone so that I can go to commercial. No, she just, she held up her phone. <laughs> I think she just went to some, something called pigs and blanket for breakfast. Oh, I want some pigs in a blanket. Sounds yeah. delicious. You literally drove... ate before the show. I did. I'll still eat more <laughs> she, breakfast. She drove She drove out of here in that Jeep of hers at 100 miles an hour, so I don't know where she's going. I would, I wanted her to go to Starbucks because to get the hot chocolate, but she was going to have breakfast. I was, I'm a little upset with her. I, w- I would have preferred Starbucks. She went, got tested, and then it's like, sure. all right, middle fingers, I'm out. I'm going to yes. go get breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Get all out of here, Ed. See Thank you. Tomorrow, you. Fellas. See all right. Tomorrow. We'll see you. All right, here we go. We've got another pair of tickets to go to Las Vegas Concours d'Elegance, one of the top 10 classic car events in the world coming Saturday, October 23rd to the Las Vegas ballpark. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. A pair of tickets to Concours d'Elegance out at Las Vegas ballpark, 702-364-1100. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. The rules of Scrabble are simple. First, each player pretends to mix the tiles while trying to feel for the letter A. Bischoff's briefs. The game does not officially begin until one player reminds all the others that the first word scores double. That player is known as the Scrabble Jackass and is then handed the box top for any further rule clarifications. Bischoff's brief. Players then take turns laying down words until someone does a bad job hiding the fact that they drew a blank. Bischoff's briefs. Upon seeing the blank draw, each player must make a bad joke about the tiles in their possession. Bischoff's briefs. Play continues until each turn takes longer than open heart surgery, and the game ends when one person uses the last of their letters. Even though at this point no one likes that person, they're still referred to as the winner. Bischoff's briefs. And that's how you scrabble. Congratulations to Patrick. He won a pair of tickets to go to the Concours Delegance Classic Car Event at Las Vegas Ballpark. Now. Bischoff's briefs today. I think the Raiders have a chance to get better after the John Gruden resignation. Not necessarily this season, but in terms of long-term roster construction, building this team. So here's the main question to ask yourself. Can this Raiders roster win a Super Bowl 
this year or in the next couple of seasons. I don't think it can. I don't think this is a roster that can win it this year. I don't think this is a roster that is, you know, a couple pieces away from winning it next year or the year after that. They would have to uh, have massive hits on some draft picks or free agents, even better than what Casey Hayward has been, or at least like seven more Casey Haywards uh, over the next two seasons to have a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl with the current roster they have built. So... Can they make the playoffs? Yes, they can make the playoffs this year. That's still not out of the question, even with Rich Passaccia in, in charge and this roster going forward. It's absolutely a team that could win, go 10 and seven and be in the playoffs. But the ultimate goal here is not to be a 10 and seven team, right? That's not, that's not the goal. You don't want to be 10 and seven bouncing the first round of the playoffs. You want to be a Super Bowl winner. So the question, should the Raiders tank? And I don't mean tank by losing their games this season. Rich Passacci and, and they're, they're going to try to win games this season. Not about it. This is after this season. The Raiders should blow up their roster. They should blow it up. God. So you're looking around because here's the thing. Rebuild to electric boogaloo. They've been rebuilding for 17 years. Well, they haven't been good either. Like, it's not like it's what, what happens if you got to sit back another two years while they struggle. You've been doing it for two decades, right? What's another two years? It should be fine. So if it's Mike Mayock, or even if it's not Mike Mayock, if it's a new general manager coming in, how, how quickly can you win the Super Bowl, right? How quickly, or better phrasing it, how quickly can you be a contender to win the Super Bowl? I don't think anybody coming in with this roster is doing it in 2022 or 2023. So you're looking at maybe 2024, and to get there the quickest, you should blow it up. Derek Carr, you should trade him. You should not extend Derek Carr, you should trade him. Because if you keep Derek Carr around, what are you doing? You're going nine and eight the next two years? Cool. Losing in the first round of the playoffs if you even make it. Trade Derek Carr because here's where the Raiders failed. They tried this rebuild thing, and pretty much all the first round picks they've taken after trading Khalil Mack and trading Amari Cooper haven't worked out very well. Cleveland Furl, does that guy even play anymore? Jonathan Abram, they had to change positions and move to linebacker, and he's a below average linebacker, kind of, even though he's still a safety. And Josh Jacobs has been hurt too much as a running back to do anything. Henry Ruggs has been better this year, but he's still not like good. He's still not like a good wide receiver. Damon Arnett's a disaster, right? Trayvon Mullen was a second round pick. He seems fine, right? Max Crosby's was a very good mid round pick. Max Crosby, Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, awesome mid round picks. But outside of that, you haven't gotten much from the draft picks in what was a rebuild. So trade Derek Carr away. I'd probably trade Darren Waller away too. Uh, don't give him the massive extension because what's going to be more valuable to you, a high-paid tight end or getting some draft picks? Now, again, it depends on what you can get for Waller. Tight ends getting traded, that's not really a thing that happens. So, Jimmy Graham got traded for an all-pro center. If you can trade Darren Waller away for a first-round pick, I would probably do it and try to draft a position that's more important than tight end. Because even though Waller's been awesome, he's one of the best tight ends in football, and he acts, functions as a number one wide receiver op uh, often for this team, tight end is still one of the least important positions. It's one of the least valuable positions to have a great player at, unless you do have a superstar. Is Waller a superstar? I'd argue no, simply because he doesn't block well. He's not a good blocking tight end, right? That is one of the biggest weaknesses in his game. And even this year, he hasn't been that great so far as a receiver, right? He's had some drop passes outside of the first week where he got targeted like 30 times. He hasn't really been a massive game changer for this team. So you look at those two and sort of move on. The question, though, would become, who are your cornerstones to build around? Like, 
Brandon Parker. Colton Miller got the extension, so the new GM, or if it's Mike Mayock, you're locked into Colton Miller, which isn't terrible, right? Colton Miller's probably going to play to about what his contract is. He might end up overplaying it, too. Uh, It's not a terrible sort of, okay, we've got a solid left tackle. Is Max Crosby a cornerstone player on the defense, right? He's been very good this year. I'm not convinced he's going to be a top five edge rusher this the rest of this season or even for the next four or five years, but that's a solid defensive end. You probably give him an extension, right? And then after that, uh, Trayvon Mullen's been solid, right? Do you give him a second contract? Probably Hunter Renfro probably gets one. Uh, Henry Ruggs, we still have, you still have time to wait on him, uh, but you can move on from Ferrell Abram and Jacobs. You don't have to give them the fifth year extension. There's no reason to do that. You can let them play out their rookie contracts and then, move on from it. Cause they're all going to make, I think like 10 or 7 million, something like that. No need to do that. This should be a rebuild for the Raiders. The new GM should come in and blow this up. The assets they do have that would help them in the next two years, get rid of them for first round picks or whatever the best asset you can get coming back is. And that is Carr and Waller are the main two guys. And I'd consider trading Crosby too, right? Uh, you make that consider. It depends on what you can get for him, right? You're not going to get the Khalil Mack package, two first round picks back, but if you get one, you consider it, right? You consider trading him away because the value is going to be, when you do a rebuild, the value is going to be, can you get good players on rookie contracts? That's where you're going to have extreme value to where, okay, we've got good players on rookie contracts. Now we can fill out the roster, use the rest of our cap space on free agents that'll help fill out this team and make it a contender. That's the key. The Raiders have not gotten good production on rookie contracts. They just have not gotten it. They've gotten good production from like Darren Waller. It's not a rookie contract, but he is underpaid. But outside of that, they have not gotten good production on rookie contracts. That's the key to having a quick rebuild is getting that good production. So if you can get a first round pick for Carr, if you can get a first round pick for Waller, I would trade it rather than extend those guys. Because once you extend those guys, then who's producing for you on a low contract? Hunter Renfro, you're going to have to pay him soon. Max Crosby, you're going to have to pay him soon. Like those guys are doing it now, but you're looking two years down the road. It doesn't really exist. You're going to have to hit on some draft picks. And the more you have, the more likely it is that you hit on them. I know they just blew it with that same exact philosophy, but they should absolutely rebuild. I think that's the way to go for the Raiders into the future. Whoever the new GM is, even if it's Mike Mayock sticking around, blow it up because this is not a Super Bowl winning roster. It's a borderline playoff roster. Is there a guy that can come, like stick with the is there anyone on the team currently that you're like, all right, you keep him I'm not saying like you keep him like like Henry Ruggs because you don't know what the hell he is. But I'm saying like maybe an Ngakwe so that it's like, okay, so during this time, we have somebody to bring in these young guys and be like, all right, we're not gonna win a lot. But yeah, you could yeah, you can absolutely sign veterans that come in that do that. It doesn't doesn't have to be a guy that's currently on the roster, but like it's you know, the Richie Incognito type guy who's now the veteran presence who doesn't play anymore. Is he around the team? But yeah, you can absolutely sign veterans that come in. Listen, you're shaking the, your head. The, the, Everything no, about just, Richie Incognito since he's been with the Raiders is the guy's amazing. He no, and that's that's the part that's funny, is the calming influence of, of Richie yes, Incognito. It is very funny. It is absolutely a big turn from where Richie Incognito was, what, five, six years ago? Wait, well, I mean, wasn't it even only four years ago he was throwing weights and Something saying like that the that. government had yeah. tapped his phones? What it is. All right, coming up next, J.R. Starkus joins the show.
Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. You said that you have tips on how to pack a cooler? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite activities to pack a cooler, you know, and it's one of my favorite noises is the the sound that the ice makes, you know, it's, it means something to me, uh, especially on a long weekend. That's what I'm talking. Build up again. We got it. It's so good. Once it hits your lips, it's so Here, good. What did you just do? I apparently played a rejoin from 2015 that is labeled. Yeah, that's a great rejoin. <laughs> I okay, so we have there are like four different things, and they're all labeled "What's on Tap." And I normally pick the right one. I picked the wrong one. You should probably delete Start that over. one. No, but then we wouldn't have great moments like this. Yeah, we'll see if it's great. Jr. Starkus joins us from Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. So first off, Jr., happy birthday! Oh, thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate it. Yeah, today's the day. Yeah, today's the day. Uh, I always have to remember how old I am. My wife continually messes it up on the on the birthday card. She put 44 down. I'm actually 43. I had a friend email me, happy 62nd birthday. I said, I think I look pretty good. So, yeah, I, I, I literally have to remind myself every year how old I am. And because um, now it's, you know, it, now it's just milestone stuff. Now 40, 50, 60. After, after 40, it's like you got 10-year gap before there's anything important again, right? Your wife doesn't know how old you are? No, it's, it's, it goes back to an inside joke with me because I can never remember where I was born ever. Like I know it was in California and I always think it was Van, I I always think it's Van Nuys and it's not Van Nuys. And still, as I said to you, my mother has told me 50 times where I've been born and I cannot with any certainty give you the exact location I was born, even though I should know it. Um, so much so that I was just telling the story this morning, um, when I a few years ago, when I went to get my my uh, my CCW, um, there's you know when you're at the sheriff station, you're, you have to fill out some paperwork, and uh, you have to and, and and all over the place it says you know like no um, no cell phone use, don't use your cell phone, stay off your cell phone, and so the question on the questionnaire when you're filling out this paperwork to get your license is where were you born? And so I just wrote down California, <laughs> and uh, and so I get to the window and the girl says to me she's like. Well, where, what city were you born? And I said, uh, I, I'm embarrassed. I, I, I can never remember. If you let me use my cell phone, though, I'll call my mom and she'll, she'll tell me. And she's like, okay, fine, just make it quick. So I get on the, I get on the phone to call my mom, and um, you know, knowing that my mother loves to loves to talk much like I do, I call her and I say, Mom, I can't talk. I'm at the police station. Just tell me what where I was born. She's like, Oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, Just tell me where I was born. I'll call you later. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, a, it's an inside joke that I can never remember my age based on the fact that I can never remember where the hell I was born either. Okay. How do you not remember where you were born? I'm very intrigued, concerned at the same time. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I cannot. This is the one thing I can't commit to memory. Like, drinks and stuff, no problem. What you drank five years ago when you came to my bar, not a problem. Where I was born, no idea. And the moment you tell me, 10 seconds later, I've forgotten already. Like I did not, I did not. So where I was born, I lived there for like less than two years before my family moved. I have zero memory of the city I was born in. I still know what city I was born in. I know it's, it's weird. I do not know. And, And it wasn't the city I was, I grew up in, right? I grew up in Santa Clarita. So, you know, 
it wasn't like if it was that I would remember that that would be easy. It was not there. It was uh, it, Santa Cruz was just a suburb of where I was born, and I cannot remember where the heck it is ever. <laughs> the worst. And my mom laughs at me every year. She called me this morning to wish me happy birthday, and we just had the same conversation. She's like, "Do you remember where you're born?" It's like, "I don't, mom." And she's like, "Ah, <laughs> I can't. I, I don't remember." And, and she told you this morning, and now you're on with us. Um, like what? Two hours later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe two hours later, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally the worst. All right, JR, what drink are you making to watch the Red Sox lose to the Astros in the ALCS? Uh, none. No drink, I guess, then. No drink today. <laughs> no drink today? All right, he's JR Starkus yeah, from guys, Southern Glazers Wine suck. and Spirits. Come on. I would oh, like man, a friendly what a, what, wager. What a series we got. It's not going to be much of a series. You know that, right? It's going to be over in five. Okay. Friendly wager, okay. come on! The Red Sox. I mean, it might be it, it might be over in five. The Red Sox will win in five. No, the Red Sox have no chance I mean, at winning the series. What chance did you give them to beat the Yankees and then come back and beat Tampa? Because I remember you telling me something about uh, Tampa was what may have beat them, right? Yeah, Tampa should have beaten them. The Yankees probably should have beaten them too. But the Astros are better than both those teams. Do you believe in fate? No, of course not. Are you kidding me? Fate. <laughs> Fate's not real. The Red Sox got no uh, chance. Over in five. The only reason right. the Red Sox win a game is because the Astros' best starting pitcher might not pitch in the series. Why won't he pitch? He hurt his arm. Okay. Can we, can, we, can, we, can we come up with something here? Like Tyler has to drink an entire bottle of Frey Ranch during a show? Or... That sounds illegal. <laughs> I mean, they, they try, the guys tried to do that back in the day when before, uh, before I think Tyler was even, before both of you were uh, on the radio, they used to have the the drink show. I think it was a Friday show they used to do, if I'm if I remember correctly, where they would drink on the air, and then that, you know that turned bad quickly, so they yeah. had to stop that one. But yeah. I remember that show; that was great. Yeah, so we should probably not repeat the errors of the people that came before us. Probably not. Learn from do. your mistakes. All right. What What are you making us today, Jr.? <laughs> uh, today, I well, so I was going through the calendar of of holidays. You know, we always make fun of the random holiday dates that are out there. And as you so kindly made the gesture, today is my birthday. And today also, October 14th, also happens to be National Be Bald and Be Free Day. That's not and I was true. Like, oh, That's not true. Yeah. There is not a perfect. Be Bald and Be Free Day. I do not believe you. You have made that it up. Is, it is today. It is as little made up as fake horse racing and fake chicken racing. So it is as real as it gets. <laughs> and, and, I, and so I said, all right, well, if today's about me, then what the hell am I going to make? And I wanted to make something with tequila, and I don't think I've ever made a Paloma for you before. So um, the Paloma being a very popular uh, tequila cocktail, I wanted to just take a quick little twist on it because in its most simplistic form, uh, Paloma is tequila and, like, squirt or grapefruit soda of some sort. Uh, but I wanted to jazz it up a little bit and talk about a couple of ways that you could jazz it up. So uh, the, the Paloma kind of gets its 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 sister drink would be the Greyhound, right? The Greyhound is vodka and grapefruit juice with a salted rim. Uh, the Paloma would be tequila and grapefruit soda with a salted rim. So a little mm. more flavorful uh, because there's more stuff involved. Um, I am taking that drink and I am taking tequila. I'm adding a little bit of fresh lime juice. I am adding also a little bit of, uh, of Luxardo Maraschino liqueur. And I'm, I'm topping it off with Fever Tree grapefruit, sparkling grapefruit soda, which is like if you like grapefruit juice, this is basically fresh grapefruit juice that's in a bottle that's kind of lightly carbonated for your drinking pleasure. It is amazing. I love this stuff, so I'm going to use that. And it's a very simple drink to make. Instead of using salt on the rim, I'm going to use tahini on the rim. So 
take like a double old fashioned or a tall glass of some sort, take a half of a lime that you a fresh lime that you cut in half and just kind of lightly press it in your hands as you rub it on the rim of the glass. That will put a little bit of lime juice on the glass. Take that and, and sprinkle it with tahini so that the, the tahini sits on the rim of the glass. You could do that or you could dip the lime or the, the freshly rimmed glass in the, a bowl of tahini if, you, if you're making many of these drinks. Um, but if you're only making one, a little bit lightly on the side of the glass, sprinkle some tahini on it. Now you have your, your setup. Uh, add some ice to the glass. Start by adding Patron Silver. I chose Patron Silver. You can choose your favorite tequila. My favorite tequila for these type of cocktails is actually Roca Patron Silver, but uh, it's, that's almost impossible to find right now. But your favorite tequila, whatever that may be, will work well. I highly recommend Patron Silver. But I would, whatever you choose, I would probably recommend sticking in the silver or reposado uh, labels of tequila and maybe not going to Añejo. But if you want to, uh, uh, go ahead and give it a shot. The drink will work. I'm not shaking this drink at all. I'm just building it over ice. Um, so the first ingredient that I'm adding is the tequila because I, as soon as the tequila hits that ice that I've put in the glass, it starts the dilution process. We're trying to kind of use the time that it takes us to make this drink to bring the dilution down properly so that way the drink, when we taste it, doesn't taste too strong. Um, after that, you can add just a quarter ounce of the Luxardo Maraschino liqueur. This will give you kind of a, a really nice kind of like herbaceous flavor. Luxardo Maraschino plays, in my opinion, very nicely with not only grapefruit but with tequila. So I'm adding just a quarter ounce. A little bit of Luxardo Maraschino goes a very long way, so you really don't need more than that. Uh, half an ounce of fresh-squeezed lime juice. Now, by adding half of an ounce of fresh-squeezed lime juice with only a quarter ounce of Luxardo Maraschino, this drink will err on the side of dry or maybe even a little bit sour, you might think. So if, if you like a drink that's a little sweeter, you want it, you're going to want to add like a quarter to a half of an ounce of agave nectar or simple syrup as well. I choose to omit that because I want, I want this drink to be a little more on the sour side. But just a side note, if you want it a little sweeter, a little agave nectar. Then uh, top it with the Fever Tree Sparkling Grapefruit Soda, uh, all the way to, basically all the way to the top. You might have to add a little more ice at this point because the, uh, the tequila and the Luxardo and the lime juice will start, have started the dilution process and the ice will have dropped in the glass. So you may want to top it up with a little more fresh ice. Top it up again with the soda. Make sure it's all the way to the top. Take a bar spoon or something and stir the drink together so that way the drink isn't tequila at the bottom and soda at the top. Incorporate all the ingredients by stirring it. Uh, garnish it with a lime wheel or don't garnish it all. Just use the tahini and enjoy a beautiful twist on a Paloma for Be Bald and Be Free Day on my birthday because I like tequila. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. Uh, JR, I had one quick question about a, um, I don't, uh, I guess it, it's kind of a mixer. Uh, how long would, should a bottle of grenadine like stay? Like, is there a point where it's like, okay, we've had this for like four years and we haven't used it all. Let's just get a new one. Or is it just something that will last forever until you use it? No, it'll last pretty much forever. The only thing you'd have to worry about, like, is and you really only have to worry about this more in bars because you'll see some bars will spout like with the with the pour spout on the grenadine or even the like the roses lime juice or something like that and that's troubling because uh, as you've probably seen in a bar that you sat in almost any bar in the city especially in the summertime we get they get fruit flies yep. and fruit flies love sugar and they will find their way down those spouts so 
if you have grenadine at the house and you just keep the cap on it, it it's basically everlasting. Um, everlasting. It's, it's, it's a sugar syrup. So it's unless you keep it in like extreme heat or something, um, you're, it's going to be it's going to be just fine. All right, Jr. Enjoy your birthday. Enjoy. Be Happy bald birthday. and be free day. Thank you so much, Jr. Stark of Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Go Red Sox. Be bald and be free day. You make that up. Didn't he say? Didn't he tell us one time that he has hair? He just shaves it. Yeah, he likes to shave his head. Oh well. All right, coming up next, we got tickets to give away. Well, actually, we're doing that right now, I guess. Yes, we are. We are. We're doing that right now. Uh, We have two tickets to go see the Golden Knights play the Oilers on October 20th. So a pair of tickets to the Golden Knights Oilers, October 20th. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. We will take caller number 11. Are stats hogwash? Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Tony, at the end there, uh, hitting a Abreu, um, you were pretty upset. Do you think that was intentional? And uh, the warnings, could you talk about how that came about? Well, I questioned, you know, after they threw three pitches in there, why they should have just ejected him. It'll be a good test of the uh, character and credibility of the winning team because it was intentional. Catcher kept looking in the dugout so that they hit him intentionally. And I'll be really curious. They should have the guts to admit that they did it. Why they did it, I have no reason to understand. You know, I only carry my sportsmanship so far and I've gotten the limit. You know, they beat us. I played better. Oh, we're disappointed. But that was intentional. I don't understand why. I don't understand how they got away with it. You're locked in the press box. What are you trying to ruin the rest of my day? Go home, Tony LaRusso. <laughs> go home. All right. Uh, that's intentional. You know, like that time I said that they should have thrown at my guy intentionally. Uh, all right. So the website moneywise.com has compiled the worst city to live in in every state. Do you want to take a guess as to which is the worst city to live in in the state of Nevada? Elko. Isn't that a county? I don't know. It is not Elko. Uh, the city is Pahrump. Oh, but they have so many, you know, interesting libertarian values. Now, here's here's what I need help with. And we, we know a Pahrump resident. Uh, he comes on the show every week, Ryan Wallace. We'll have to get his input on this next week. Um, okay. A large, unincorporated town in Nye County is just an hour away from Las Vegas, and living there can certainly be a gamble. Residents warned homebuyers away from Pahrump after several properties sank into the ground. The medium home value in Pahrump is $152,000, almost $100,000 less than the state medium, but homeowners reportedly spent thousands trying to save their homes from the unstable puff dirt. What the hell is puff dirt? Dirt. All Are right. these just sinkholes, and they call them puff dirt? If you're a geologist and you, not, wait, yeah, geologist, that you're listening, give us a call. I googled puff dirt, and the only thing that pulls up are stories about people in Pahrump complaining about puff dirt. Is it sort of like uh, what is it, a haboob, or what was the thing that uh, they had to play? Cleveland had to play oh, in. Oh boy, I already forgot the name of it. Oh, grapple grapple. Yes. The grapple in Cleveland that nobody had ever heard of before then. But yes, I do not know what puff dirt is. I am guessing that it's like cartoonish sinkhole. Your house falls into the ground and all that's left is a puff of dirt. 
That's the only thing I can think of. Just the word puff. Right. Dirt. When I hear puff dirt. And you're and yeah, the word puff probably <laughs> pops up when it happens too. That's the only thing that I can think of when I hear of puff dirt. Because I don't know what else would it be? It sounds like a sinkhole that you fall into. So yeah. Puff dirt is apparently a big problem in Pahrump. All right. If, if you've got it up right now, go to Mississippi and go to uh, Missouri. Okay. Here's the problem. It is a slideshow. Oh, no. Never mind. Don't do it. Don't do it. I would have to slide through all of them, although I can tell you in Nebraska, it's apparently Alliance, Nebraska is the worst state or city to live in in Nebraska. Never but heard yes. of it. Um, in Mississippi, I can tell you it's all of them. <laughs> oh, I got to Missouri. Uh, Spanish Lake. Is that near Branson? I don't know. Um, don't have any idea. Spanish Lake, Missouri. The concept of Branson, to anyone who doesn't know, is think of Vegas, but without any of the fun. Any of the fun. Yeah. Fun. Overrated. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But there you go. Pahrump and it's puff dirt. That's the biggest problem in Pahrump, and that's the worst city to live in in the state of Nevada. Do we? Uh, does our signal reach Pahrump? I mean, I don't know. I, I know. hope it does. I hope it does. I hope somebody knows. Somebody out there knows about the puff dirt and lets us know.